0: Hey, everybody, welcome to another episode of the Build Your Team show. As always, I am your host, Ativa. And today I have with me, get y'all get ready first off, because she's about to bring some energy. Erin Marcus, she's all in or she's not in at all. And believe me, she's about to be all in for you. And as always, Build Your Team is brought to you by Client Attraction Pros. Hey. It's time that you become the thought leader of your industry. And we're going to help you do that and make it fast, easy, and fun. Aaron, welcome.
1: Thank you. thank you. I'm excited to be here. I always worry when people like boost me up like that, but then you're going to say something that triggers my little soapbox problem and we're going to get all into it, I'm sure. <laughs> who, yes. am I, who am I kidding? Am
0: yes. I kidding? Yes. We're going to trigger that soapbox, hopefully a few times today as we talk about team building. Now, you know, one of the things that I love is much like me, I, I think I can assign that term serial entrepreneur to you you've been around you've been in business you've done a bunch of stuff you've had success and you've built multiple teams now i know the story a little bit right and i know that this team is different in this current business than the last team, and it was really intentional so set the stage for us number one what was the makeup of the last team in terms of the ethos of how you thought about it versus the one that you have today.
1: Love it, love it. So, okay, I'm gonna go even a little bit further back. Ooh. A little bit further back, because listening to you set that stage, one of the greatest compliments that I ever received, and I was too young to realize that this was a compliment, Mm. was the fact that when I was a kid right out of college, I used to manage apartment complexes in the Chicago suburbs. Now, who gave 23-year-old Aaron their multi-million dollar asset to be in charge of? I have no idea. But here we were. And I can say that one of the biggest compliments I ever got is that anyone who worked for me in that industry, and I was in that industry for a lot of years, eventually was promoted to manager of their own building, including the girl who was in charge of the swimming pool like every assistant manager I ever had, every leasing agent who worked in my team, the pool manager was promoted eventually to managing their own building. And then I look at my corporate experience. And in my corporate experience, I was inherently in charge of teams. I had no team. I had no team. And one of the ladies in the last business I was in used to tell new hires, hey Pat might be your boss but don't piss off Aaron right And I had but I had no direct reports for most of my career. however, I was the person helping everyone get promotions. And the thing you know looking back and I, I'll bring that to this team versus the last small business that I owned somewhere along the way mm-hmm. I learned my role as a leader my role is the boss my role is the manager whatever word lands for you is to create a situation where my team performs the best they can be that's it my job is to cultivate a team that performs at the highest level that they want to and can perform and it sounds real easy when I just say it like that. I get
0: it. <laughs> but
1: like, If you do what you do with that in mind, that's how you win a business. And so to answer the long route, to answer your question, the last business that I owned, I worked with families with aging parents. We helped them through the downsizing process. So I had a very large team because logistically, that was a heavy load of work. There was a lot of physical work that had to go into yeah. that. I wasn't the product. I was the business owner. So I had a very big team to deliver for client fulfillment, right? For client fulfillment. They weren't involved with sales. Like the only relation to sales that they had was from a customer service standpoint. Do a good job at their job so that we would get referrals and Mm -hmm. recommendations, right? But this job is different because the other thing with that job is my phone never rang unless the person calling me knew they had a problem.
0: Mm. Like,
1: think about that in sales. Imagine your sales as a business owner. If the only people who call you already know that they have a problem, like a plumber mm-hmm. or an electrician, like they already know they've had a problem. This business where I'm a business consultant is so different. This was one of the hardest things for me to learn was to handle a much lower closing rate, (laughs) right? that was not normal for me, right? But I am now talking to so many people who may or may not be interested in hiring me, who may or may not realize what their problem is behind the pain that they're feeling. Right. And I'm the product. I'm the, you know, the face of the business. I am essentially the product. So the sales process here is so different and how we deliver our product and client fulfillment is so different and growing this business is so different that this time around, rather than hire the caretaker personality in my last business, right? In my Mm -hmm. last business, I needed detail-oriented caretaker personalities because we worked with aging population going through trauma. Now I got to hire a bunch of hard asses who are willing to tell you like it is so that you're much more willing to do the things that you need to do to get to where you want to be. However, there still has to come with empathy. Mm-hmm. Right? There's a different requirement here. And because I'm now the one doing the majority, not all, thank God, <laughs> of cl- client fulfillment, I can't do all the other roles. Right. Right. So this time cultivating a team, I've had to find people with an entrepreneurial spirit of their own, with a drive to create something bigger than they are, because I will promise you as a small business owner, if you are driving to create something, you will do much, much, much better than if you're quitting your job to have your own thing because you got a chip on your shoulder and you're mad at the world. Like, yeah, you can't create from a place of pissed off suffering. It just doesn't work. So I've had to intentionally cultivate a group of people who do not need me to babysit them, who are driven in their own right. Mm -hmm. So while my responsibility is the same, cultivate and gather and do what I can for a team so that they can be their best, them, the people on the team are completely different than in the other businesses or in corporate from a personality profile, from what they're good, all of the above.
0: Yeah. So it's an interesting perspective of hiring entrepreneurs or people who are entrepreneurial, right? And I can imagine some entrepreneurs listening to this right now and saying, is that really what I want? Because they're going to want to do it their own way and they're going to have their own ideas and... How do I keep the wheels on the bus and not have everybody going in 15 directions?
1: Oh, yeah. Like, this is the difference. And I say this, it sounds so arrogant when I say this. This is the difference between a manager and a leader. My job is so not to tell them how to do their jobs. I don't want to tell them how to do their jobs. Truthfully, with half of what we have going on in this business, if I'm the one telling them how to do their jobs, we suck. (laughs) Because I'm not good at the automation. I can't do... I am not the best person at a lot of the things that need to happen to move the mm-hmm. business forward. I am so not the best person to create our graphics to the point that we have to have several conversations before she even knows what I'm talking about, <laughs> <laughs> right? So I shouldn't, be, I shouldn't be playing in Canva right? because I'm bad at it. And nothing can make that more clear than when Cotty creates something (laughs) and I see what it looks like when someone who's good at it. And that pushback makes me think differently. Mm -hmm. And our operation, our COO pushes back on me all the time. It's to the point where they, when we have our weekly Zoom meetings, we have twice a week we meet with everybody and they just kind of, I can tell, I can tell when they're chatting with each other saying, we'll take care of this when Aaron's not involved, right? I can tell. So it's the difference between, I don't want to be their boss. I don't want to tell them what to do. I want to tell them the outcome that we've cumulatively agreed upon is the way forward. And by that, I don't mean, they're not driving the direction of the business because at the same time, the reason they've joined is because they agree with my leadership.
0: Mm -hmm. They don't
1: agree that I'm right all the time, but they do agree with my strength versus their strength.
0: And so that puts us in a really interesting place. So one, how do you find those people? And two, that statement of they agree with my leadership. How does that become true? So how do you find them? And then how do you make that statement true?
1: So, I mean, we'll just go through the people. My assistant who runs my life, I was in corporate with her. Okay. So I texted her at five o'clock in the morning about six months after I started this business. (laughs) and She had long since left corporate as well. And I said, do you wanna do some virtual assistant work? And she texted back saying, is it for you and why are you texting me at five o'clock in the morning? And I wrote back, yeah, it's for me and I need help, which is why I'm texting you at five, right? So these people are already in your world, right? If I look at Lynn, who is our content creator she takes all the you know my pontificating and turns it into cohesive in a ducks in a row content that other people can absolutely actually absorb same thing i knew her for a couple years she was a client kati and alex business development for alex is our graphic designer they were my client i've been their client so these are people who were in my world now that doesn't mean that's the only way they come to you because Andrea, mm-hmm. the COO, I actually hired. So and this is, by the way, this is a very big sales tip for you. I was looking for an OBM, an online business manager. And so yep. I had an interview side, so like five interviews set with OBMs that had come you know, recommended to me in all these different ways, right? So I picked five, had interviews set up. Four of them Four out of five OBMs started their conversation with me by telling me they could help me work less. I never said I wanted to work less. There's nothing about me that wants to work less. Working less is not a thing in my world. When I met Andrea, what she said was, I work for multiple six-figure entrepreneurs as they cross that seven-figure mark. Perfect. That's who I was looking for. Now, we started small. So, right, so I hired her as a stranger Mm -hmm. through a normal hiring process. We started small with one job at a time, and then that relationship grew. That relationship grew. I think I watch people make this mistake in their business all the time where if they need a doctor, a mechanic, a plumber, whatever they need, they go to their friends and family and ask for recommendations, but then they don't do that in their business. Right. They don't, this is the difference. I've been talking about this a lot lately. The difference between networking, like going to luncheons and building your network. Like, think about it. I know what your specialty is. Let's Hey, we've talked a couple times now. Believe me, you will get an email the next time I'm looking for someone that says, who do you know?
0: Right. Absolutely. Okay. So... You have the ones who knew you from a while. So let's talk specifically about the COO now. Mm-hmm. So she presented correctly to you, right? And I t- yes. totally understand that because I had someone do the same thing to me earlier today, <laughs> and that interview didn't last long. Like, right. if you were no, an no.
1: entrepreneur, wait and ask what your people need before telling them what you can do for them. Right?
0: Okay, you you missed the the boat of you who I am. To <laughs> Yes. But let's deal now with that other side of the, they bought into my leadership. So those who knew you, it was easy, quote unquote, for them to buy into your leadership because they knew you. Mm -hmm. But now you've got somebody from the outside and you started small with small projects, right? Yes. Is there a process? Is there any particular way that you help someone understand your leadership or is it just simple immersion?
1: I probably, I'm not real formal and I don't think in order. So for me, it's probably immersion rather than a process just be, only because not to say that my way is the right way, but it's the way that my brain thinks. Mm
0: -hmm. It's the
1: way that my brain thinks. I think to me, I am, As invested in my team as I am with my clients I as a coach and consultant I'm in a particularly strong place to coach my team as if they were clients and that is my approach like we had that today we had a client Andrea is now involved with a lot of our client fulfillment and we had a misstep she didn't have a, like we as a team had a misstep and the client was frustrated. So here's a perfect opportunity because what could I have done? I could have assumed he was right and we were wrong. I could have gotten mad at Andrea. I could have done a whole bunch of things that would have done nothing for my business or for my client or for Andrea or for me. That would have yep. been all reactive in nature. Yep. But I have done, and this is ongoing, <laughs> the work to know it's not about me. Mm-hmm. How to not have an emotional response. How to not have any response but to actually wait. How to think about, before I do anything, this was a hard lesson for me because of the my reaction time and my energy level, and I move so quickly. But don't do anything into, at all until I've had a second And then once I do decide how I want to respond to any particular situation, I ask myself why. Just to double check that we're not on some crazy, Aaron's in a bad mood, Aaron's triggered, Aaron's emotional, oh my God, we're all going to die response that isn't real, right? And instead, I went back to the client and went, that's a really good point. We totally missed this step. Let me talk to Andrew and get back to you on how to make this easier for you. I said, you know, somewhere between the way your brain works and the way my brain works, I think we have a brilliant opportunity here. Because he gave me some feedback that I just wasn't even on my radar, so great.
0: Yeah, I didn't yeah, get mad,
1: yeah. I didn't go, I'm like, oh, that was a really good idea. And then I went with Andrew, I'm like, okay, let's just debrief this, like what went well and what went wrong? And what do we do to make it better? And then I coached her up like she had great ideas and I had great ideas. Mm-hmm. And we came up with a different plan and then we talked about, okay, how do we implement this for every client going forward? So we don't have this misstep before that's on her, by the way, cause I'm not the one to figure out workflows. She already right. knew how to fix that. She didn't already knew how to fix that. Yeah. So it's a process that they're part of. And I think you have to create an environment right from the beginning that people are allowed to make mistakes. Because as soon as you create an environment where people are scared to fail, your whole team stops trying immediately. Yes. And the Absolutely. other thing that I do, and I learned this, you know, as much as I learned along the way that my job as a leader was to help them be the best they could be, the other thing that I learned is, along the way from great mentors in corporate was, no bad thing happens from me making other people look good.
0: Mm, Say that again.
1: Wait, like nothing bad happens from me helping other people and making other people look good. So I will scream from the rooftops about Andrea's ability with processes And Allison's ability with processes and workflows. And Cati's ability. I mean, these people are amazing. I don't have to pretend it's me.
0: No, you don't.
1: I I, I don't have. Like, first of all, no one's gonna buy it. Like, you can meet me for two minutes. You're, you're gonna know. (laughs) Who are we kidding? (laughs) I always say this is it because I don't have the attention span to be any different. Like, this (laughs) is—it's so out on the table. It's gonna be so obviously a lie. Right. (laughs) You don't have to pretend that was me. (laughs) No one's gonna believe it. Like. It's the ego and the fear and here, I'll put it to you this way. I was talking to a gentleman last week and we all say this, but I love the particular way he said this. And it was applied to networking, but I want to apply it to my team. Abundance is the language of successful people. Yes. Scarcity is the language of amateurs. And I love that. And it's not just how I approach my clients and networking and sales, but it's how I approach my team financially, with Mm -hmm. credit, with accolades. Mm -hmm. Like why are we behaving this way for clients and this way in sales and this way in marketing and and out here in left field with team building and then wanna know why no one wants to be on your freaking team.
0: Exactly no congruency
1: no congruency like the thing that shocks me more than anything right now and I understand there's some truth to it and I'm far enough removed where maybe it's not you know I've got rose-colored glasses on but I think the fact that people are saying it's hard to hire people right now is such I don't know what language I'm allowed to use be a (laughs) place be a place where everyone wants to be and you will never have a problem hiring anybody it's not hard. It's not hard.
0: Yeah. So, Aaron, you, first off, that was a lot. Like,
1: <laughs> I told you, you did me go.
0: Ahead. We could, that soapbox right there, we could spend a few we could hours. Do a another on, show on that. Yes. But I do want to, to touch on some, man, I, I wrote so many notes in the midst of you saying <laughs> all of that to go back to. And, you know, one of the things that you said, and, and you kind of ended on this just now too, but, It's one of those really, really crucial things that I think, I know so many of us miss because it's easy to say, well, of course, we've got to focus on the client and give the client great service and make sure the client is so happy and well taken care of because after all, they're the ones cutting the check.
1: But they're not the ones making you money.
0: And so that's the key here, right? And so I, I love what you said about the environment that you create. We say it slightly differently in that my job is to create a world-class environment for you to work in so that you can be world-class. Totally. Right? Which is the totally. same thing, but just said differently, right? Said better, but, but that's right? it. My, I don't know about better, differently.
1: <laughs> More cohesive.
0: <laughs> but I don't even talk to the clients. My focus is all on the team.
1: If you want a business that runs so you when you're on vacation it can't be about you like I say that all the time your business is not about you because I teach primarily marketing business strategy and sales mm-hmm. and I and you know when I teach that I'm talking all the time about your business is not about you your business mm-hmm. is about the client's problem and how you can help them solve it your keynote speech is not about you nobody wants to hear it your social media posts are not about you nobody wants to hear. It. now it uses you as an example, but it's internal as well. The more you make the business about you, this is how burnout happens, this is exhaustion. And I'll, I'll yes. put it to you another way. You wanna be completely selfish about it. Just be completely selfish about it and not altruistic at all. Be- it has been maybe six years since I've in- been involved at all with someone I don't like. Think about that for a second. Remember your days in corporate. I listen to my boyfriend on his meetings and he works with great people, but every now and then, like, do you understand that for six years, I have not interacted with somebody that I didn't, that you like,
0: didn't like?
1: That I had any problems with because the most that's going to happen is I sit down in a networking luncheon next to someone I'm not thrilled with. I just move. Like, I'll just go sit over there, right? Like, that's it. And. My job, my life has gotten so much easier. Yes. As my job has gotten so much smaller and in my genius zone. When I don't have to worry about things that I suck at, I am so much happier.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And that's a without question that so many of us don't understand because. We're such control freaks.
1: It's fear, Right?
0: And yes, it is fear. And, you know, I, I had someone, a coach, say this to me a couple of years ago at a point where I was also dealing with this. And let's be real. We all deal with it. Okay? Oh, this we're, is a so process. <laughs> this
1: is a never-ending process. Neither
0: of us are here trying to say, like, we're perfect, and we've no, got it all figured out, and all y'all suck. <laughs> no, no, no. We deal, Everyone deals with this, right? Yeah. And he said, the problem is we look at our businesses the wrong way most of us look at our businesses as little babies. And we, you know, with this baby, you gotta protect this baby, you gotta hold this baby, you gotta coddle this baby, you gotta change the diaper, you gotta do this, you gotta do this. And that's how we look at it. And we even say, this is my baby, right? Right? Versus saying, this is a vehicle, and this vehicle is a plane, and this plane is currently on a river. It's a sea-to-airplane that's currently on a river coming straight down this river on some rapids to a waterfall. And this team is going to get the engine started so when we hit that waterfall, we can fly.
1: Well, yeah, absolutely. And I'll take this one step further because I love that analogy. When I... I'm coaching clients on how, because one of the things that I talk about is how do you get over the bridge? How do you get over the bridge from solopreneur to business owner, from entrepreneur to business owner? Entrepreneur used to mean venture capitalist. The leggings lady now has it meaning like, hey, I sell vitamins. Here's the thing. Right. I love the vitamins. buy the, I buy all the products. But that's not an entrepreneur. No. So using that language, how do you get over the bridge from solopreneur, entrepreneur, and into business owner? because we'd love to think that it's a nice bridge over a stream in a garden with little stones. And it's really the Indiana Jones bridge, right? It's held together mm-hmm. by planks some twine, it's on fire. And there's a guy with a sword at the other end. One of the hacks, one of the tips I will give you is stop thinking of your business as you. Because as soon as, you know, going back to being generous and sharing, When you think of your business as you, you think of the business's money as your money. And as soon as you Mm. think that the business's money is your money, when I wanna hire Jane Smith, I'm thinking of, do I have to give her some of my money? No, 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 no. It's coming out of
0: my pocket. It's coming out
1: of my pocket, and that's not right. Me, as this founder and CEO, I'm just one more asset that Conquer Your Business owns and I get paid as that asset. And then conquer your business has a savings account so that it can invest in growth opportunities yes. that have nothing to do with whether or not Aaron gets to go on vacation.
0: Correct, absolutely.
1: So using the business, even if you're using your name as your business, that's fine, We all, I started there, that's fine. If you start referring to the business as its own entity, your brain will start seeing it as its own entity and it helps with breaking. I mean, this is, I'm a big fan of crutches. Mm -hmm. Like it's your business, not your mother. I don't need closure. I just need it to work right. Okay. (laughs) So I'm a big fan of crutches to get me through the problem. And kind of like you said, do not confuse the confidence cadence of my voice with thinking I haven't screwed everything up over and over and over and over again. I grew up in Chicago public schools in the 70s and 80s. I'm only five feet tall. You have to talk big or it's not a good thing. It is what it is. (laughs) But that hack of referring to the business as our business as mm-hmm. an entity external from yourself, especially for women, just gonna call it out. An entity external of yourself was something that helped me get over the bridge to business owner.
0: Yeah, that's huge. And you know, even on that theme of women too in business, that's also where the, the baby analogy really yeah. comes from too, right? And where what we relate to and but yes it's gotta be external from you and the staff is there to help this thing do what it does.
1: Yes, it's right? a machine. And it's gotta fly.
0: It's, to fly, it's going to fly. It's going to fly. I wanna ask you about something else. So uh, from that soapbox that we were on.
1: <laughs> which
0: one? <laughs> okay. <laughs> we all worked um, which one? <laughs> Because this is one of the things, too, and, and, and so I want to take us a little bit further in the difference between physical and virtual staff, the difference between physical leadership and virtual leadership, because you started talking about emotional responses. And let's be real, y'all. Most of the times when we screw things up in our business is because we're overly emotional. And we don't usually admit those emotions until we've burnt the whole thing down. and like, oh crap! <laughs> oh crap! I was not
1: admit that seventeen different ways. <laughs>
0: yeah. Right. And, but but you talked about not being an, um, emotional and keeping those emotions in check. And you said, you know, you ask yourself why, and and you're looking at before response, right? I have found, and I'm wondering if you have too. That's so much easier in the virtual world than it was in the physical oh, yeah. world.
1: I don't have to walk. Down. I don't have to storm out the door. I don't have to hide in the bathroom. Are <laughs> we <I'm> kidding? Right? <laughs> like, yeah. So there's both sides to this, though. I think it's a more controlled environment. Mm-hmm. That being said, one of the questions I get all the time is, "Why have I? How have I?" Being able to create an amazing culture virtually, because truthfully, the culture and the interactions, they're created by a million different touch points in the hallway, in the kitchen, in the parking lot, in the garage, right? Like, in the bathroom, who are we kidding? But <laughs> wait, it is what it is. On the golf course, on the, you know, at the yes. company party. And I have people in three different countries. So even though I can get together with one of my team members is an hour away, one of my team members is half a country away. But then the other people, one's two are in Calgary and one's in Spain, I'm outside of Chicago. How do you make up for all of the nuanced team building, right? And you have to be, you know, you have to be intentional about it. You can't forget it. But you also have to realize that one of the reasons on, you know, a lot of people like the virtual work ability is that they have more of their own life back. Mm -hmm. So the last thing I want to do is book an extra hour on a Friday afternoon. So what, we can be friends. That's not a give. That's an ask. And this goes back to worrying about your money versus the company's money. If you are paying, here's another thing, as much as you can do this, this is something that has helped me. Okay. Moving to monthly, I don't pay these people hourly. They get paid per month. Some months are busier, some weeks are busier, some months are less. To me, it feels like this way I can give them a little bit paid time off when we have a lighter month. Mm -hmm. Because when we pay people hourly, a lot of times we've capped it. Okay, you work 20 hours a week. Okay, you work 15 hours a week. I don't care how long it takes you. I'm worried about the outcome. If you get good at your job, you should not make less money because you're more efficient at your job than you were when I hired you. That's not fair. Right. So what I've done to try to put this all together is people, most they get paid monthly. Everyone knows what the requirements are. They do track their hours because they don't want them to go over a certain point too much so that it's not fair. But what that does is I now don't worry that if on our Monday morning meeting when we know we're going to be together from 830 to 930 central and we don't have a lot to do, we'll sit and joke around with each other for 20 minutes, 30 minutes. And in the back of my mind, I'm not worrying that I'm paying everybody for 30 minutes to chat with them. Don't care.
0: Yeah. Don't care at all.
1: Right? So build your rapport into your time together and right like do it intentionally and none of it works if you don't care like it only 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 works if you legitimately care about the people yeah if it's just to check the box right if you right what is that if you if all you want to do is check the box all you get is a bunch of checked boxes i mean it doesn't do anything it doesn't mean with everybody not every business every team member needs to be at this you might have someone in a third party doing lower level, easy peasy. You know, I'm not saying that you have to treat them as if they're your next vice president, but they might be.
0: They very well might be. And that's something that's interesting all by itself, too. So I I had a conversation. I want to float this by you this past weekend, actually, with another business owner who is dealing with some communication issues in a hybrid work environment. Okay, and the statement I made to them was, what your staff wants is even. Yes. Doesn't mean that when things are wrong, you don't deal with it and you got to deal. And or when things are right, that you don't celebrate. But they're looking for some level of even. And yeah. so if you are at this level, stay at this level. But it's the constant roller coaster that they—they they don't know who's walking in, they don't know what they're about to get, they don't know how to react, and so you can't build culture in that environment because
1: there's no cons- Dr. Jackal cons-
0: or Mr. Hyde. Yeah.
1: I mean, this goes—I remember reading a study that—and this is a terrible analogy, but it's just what came to my head, mind. <laughs> like, <laughs> here we go about abused kids. And the kids Mm -hmm. that end up with the worst problems are the ones who didn't know, who had the least amount of predictability about whether they were going to get in trouble or not. Like, if they knew they were, that the problematic parent was always like this, they knew what to do to accommodate for it. It was, humans need predictability. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you want to get all into it, politics, religion, fables, every single thing that humans have built around them is to create predictability. Yeah, Everything that we've done is to create predictability. And this is coming from someone who gets bored if I have to do the same thing three times in a row, right? But that's different than predict, you know, I I think you need to be fair and predictable and own up. The other thing I'm a big fan of is don't try to, you know, what do they say? Don't talk about the elephant in the room. Don't ignore Mm -hmm. the elephant in the room. My thing is ride the elephant. Hmm. Ride the elephant. Just say it. This is what I didn't do right. You know, we like I said, we had this event last week. So this morning, you know, we had a big marketing event this past Thursday. So today, Most people on my team didn't work Friday because we were exhausted. I talked to a couple of them, but this morning we had our big debrief meeting and I had a whole list of what went well and what didn't go well. And they had their list and I was on both sides of that list as much as anybody else. They're not looking for me to be perfect. My clients aren't looking for me to be perfect. Nobody, I mean, that's not what they want. Be fair, be consistent, be predictable. It can't be right, okay, one time and bad another time.
0: Yep.
1: That's my thing. I wonder where it came from. Maybe you know. If something's not fair, I lose my mind. Things don't bother me a lot because I'm just so over-victimy mm. that I don't really care what most people do because it doesn't have anything to do with what I do. You want to drive down the road like an idiot? I will watch you wrap yourself around a tree like the next guy. Right? Like, Do whatever you're going to do. I don't care. I just is so nobody else has anything to do with me. And I don't, it just, it's a peaceful way to finally get to. Yeah. You pull something off, great. But as soon as, as soon as I feel like something is unfair or being done in an unfair way, I lose my mind. So I'm careful to try not to do that to other people.
0: Absolutely. You know, and I think that speaks a ton to your culture. Now, for somebody else listening, it may not be fairness for you, but there there is that thing that's a non-negotiable for you. And that non-negotiable needs to be the crux of what you build your culture and what you stand for. When we're talking about being even, right? Like my team knows, the thing that will get me uneven is when you refuse to live to potential. If you take the easy route, Atiba's not gonna be happy. (laughs) If you push the envelope and screw something up, I will praise you all day. But you you, you who are listening to us, you've got that non-negotiable and you've gotta find that and build off of that as the crux of your culture and find people that align with that.
1: And be clear about it. It can't be a secret. That's the other thing I love about team building and management and personal development. It's not a secret. It doesn't have to be a secret for it to work. You can literally say to somebody that I'm trying to figure out the best way to motivate you. So I'm trying to learn more about you. It's not a secret. Nope. I could just say, I want to be able to give you what you want that helps you. I don't have Absolutely. to like finagle my way to figure it out. I can just ask.
0: Yep. Now, I'm about to make a big left turn. Okay. Okay. Because I want to touch this because you touched it, and I, I want to touch it a little bit more before we go. And it's completely unrelated to anything. <laughs> I
1: can't even remember.
0: Theoretically,
1: now <laughs> I'm, I'm dying to know what you're talking about. <laughs>
0: So, you and I, much like a lot of the people who are listening to this, are cut from a cloth where we're wired to create.
1: Yeah.
0: Right. And one of the things that you said is, I can't do something three times in a row without getting bored Mm -hmm. because we're wired to create. Mm -hmm. However, that wiring to create can unravel a business. Totally. Okay. Now, for me, and it was funny, because I didn't even realize I had done this until somebody else pointed it out to me. And what I, had, I mean recently too, like in the last month, right? And she said to me, she said, you know, you're just like all the rest of us, but the thing that you do is you created these systems in your business and you put people in place to go run them. And yeah. then inside your business, you created a sandbox where you can go play and break right. stuff it doesn't affect anybody else exactly do you exist that way
1: a com- more and more that's my goal but i'll give you a specific example we just had so we went through a huge rebrand and relaunch in the second quarter of this year where mm-hmm. we just iterated who we were serving and how we were serving them and this was because of the market changing and me changing, you know all the things all the things right mm-hmm. And I always have conversion events. I always have conversion events. I love doing things that way because I love Mm -hmm. teaching and I love that. I love giving away a large amount of things for free to the people who have no business paying for them yet. Right. Because that's how they get there. Fantastic. That being said, when we had our conversion event this past Thursday, when we had our marketing event, I have now said several times, this is it. And I'm telling myself this as much as I'm telling them. It's like, who am I kidding? It's really more for me. This is it. I love this topic. It, we hit the numbers. This is it. This is right. This is going to be it for the duration. We don't need to change this. Blah 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 blah. And so it was. The program was lead gen masterclass. We taught four hours on on lead generation. And the program that it leads to is called LeverageD, creating a client acquisition system. Right. So it's mm-hmm. twelve weeks, hyper focused. Blah 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 blah. And I met with my COO this Now, here's the thing. We had the event on Thursday. Mm -hmm. It went really, really well. The program doesn't start for two more weeks. Mm -hmm. I've already got the plan for how to get me out of it. (laughs) Because I will break it. And I know it's a good idea. And I know how. So I've already had... The conversation with my COO, who, by the way, has an OBM and coaching business, so I know she's capable of it. I'm not just giving things away to people who can't do them. But we've already had the conversation that this is it. This is a really good idea. Come to all the things. Let's do it one more time. And then you should be running this program. The thing that keeps me from breaking things is the other humans because I love people. Yeah. I'll just sit and talk to people all day long. So I will be fine delivering this program. I'll, do, I'll be fine for the next six months as we do this, as we get her trained up and coached up more. And I will never be completely hands off with it because that would be a mistake. But I can't, no, <laughs> no, short answer, no. I can't do it, I will break it because I have no attention span.
0: Right. And, and I think I, I wanted to touch that before we go, because it's so very important for us to realize that that's okay. Yes. It's yeah. okay to recognize that about ourselves. And that's our job is to build the systems so that these things exist without us and that we can't break them. That, you know, we manage around our tendencies to break things. Look, it's who we are. It's built. Right. That's why we it's got to where Taylor we are. Taylor
1: Swift song. Hello, it's yeah. me. I'm the problem, <laughs> it's me, yeah. we know this. But here's the other thing. You have to be able to confidently see the downside of your positive attributes mm-hmm. or you will get stuck in that pattern,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? Like one of the things mm-hmm. I had to learn mm-hmm. is to stop making myself wrong or bad as a human. It's not that I'm wrong or bad because I can't do things over and over again. It's just Aaron. Mm -hmm. And so, again, it's my business, not my mother. I don't need closure. I just need it to work. I surround myself with, I mean, a perfect example of that was in the meeting this morning. I've had three or four different things come up over the next six weeks that caused a lot of things to have to be rescheduled. Mm-hmm. That makes me crazy because I am completely incapable of rescheduling things because I won't go back and forth with somebody. And when I apologized to Allison this morning in our meetings, I'm sorry to do that. She could care less. She is so fine with just oh, I'll email. Oh, she yeah. is. This is yeah. nothing but a thing to her. She just has a list of things to reschedule. To me, as bad as I am at it, I would have just canceled everything yep. <laughs> to avoid having to deal with it. Yep. And to her, this is the easiest, no-brainer, non-issue of her week.
0: Yep. Yep. Let me share something that I say all the time. A strength overused is a weakness.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: And so something showing up as a weakness, it's because you're really, really strong at something else that you're sometimes even ignoring.
1: I can't even tell you how many times people have come back at me like I had to get be okay with this. Where I'm chatting with someone by LinkedIn and they want to book time to talk. I'm like, "Yeah, that's great." And now I sound like a pompous ass saying, "Here, let me connect you with Allison." And pe- but the truth is like it won't happen if I don't connect you with Allison cuz I exactly. will you'll give me 2 days and a week and a half from now I'll reply to your message and it'll just never happen. Uh,
0: exactly. I mean Again, it's getting to understand who you are and understand that that's okay.
1: And being right? okay, it's um, not wrong, it's not bad, it just is.
0: I don't need to know my schedule until the day of because <laughs> I'm not going to do anything with it otherwise. Exactly. Period.
1: Exactly.
0: Okay. I need uh, about
1: an hour's note. Know- the only thing I need to know is if I'm leaving the house. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right. You know, whereas, and so I had this conversation just, just this past weekend with my wife because she's the exact opposite. She wants to know because the day before, she wants to prepare and she wants to this and she wants to that and wants to the other. Look, my staff knows me. They prepare a dossier for me on whoever I'm meeting. Uh, everything I need to know, every conversation that's happened and everything we know about them. And they also know I'm going to read it three minutes minute, before. Read.
1: The notes are all in the system because I am not gonna look at it until I have to talk to you. I'm
0: because not. Because
1: I'm not gonna remember it anyway. So why am I wasting everyone's time?
0: Why? And and so we're having this conversation. Erin and I have this conversation, y'all, because I want you to hear that it's okay. It's fine. I want you to hear that it's okay because I, I know this the place in your head and you feel like, oh, oh, it's me, I'm the problem. Yes, we are the problem, but understand that some of these things are okay and you put things in place to be able to manage yourself.
1: Well, and I, I'll, right. And I'll connect it back to building the team because if you don't think you deserve help and are allowed to act this way, you're not gonna, right? You're not gonna solve yeah. the problem. We all yeah. have our quirks. Mine might just be a little more exaggerated than some people, but probably and not. The, and my, well, and the team knows. They make fun of me for all the random things that I do. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Mm-hmm. I tell, I'll give you like ride the elephant. Give people permission to tell, to think the things they're already thinking about. My mm-hmm. team knows that they have. They can do whatever they want to poke me to do the thing I'm supposed to do if they didn't get their answer. My yep. job is to make their job better, not worse. If that means they have to text me going, so you're gonna do the thing you told me you were gonna do for me? Or are we still waiting? Oh crap, you know, they're allowed to do that. You're not bothering me.
0: I know I'm If it means having I'm to like call that. my wife.
1: <laughs> I, know that I'm I know that I'm like this. This is not a secret.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, Aaron, this has been a pleasure. This, is, this has been a lot of fun. But before we go, yeah. I want you to take a moment. Tell everybody, number one, who are you? Tell them about your business. Who do you serve? How do you serve? Because we've touched on it a bit throughout <laughs> this conversation. <laughs> and more importantly, how can they reach you?
1: Sure. Absolutely. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This is awesome. I love having these conversations because I think one, it's fun, right, to connect with people who get it and understand. And two, I really do hope people are taken. There is a lot of information here. So hopefully they got some listen for your nugget. That's what I say. You can't do it all at once yeah. Listen for your nugget. So my big fancy official introduction is Aaron Marquez, founder and CEO of Conqueror Business. What do we do? We create branding and business strategies that build multiple six and seven figure businesses, right? We help our clients get over the bridge from solopreneur to true business owner, creating scalable, repeatable processes, believe it or not, and things to grow their business. But the big thing for me, like the big, big thing for me is there are no one size fits all Insta tactics. I cannot stand Mm -hmm. that just do this one thing, it's a lie, it makes you feel miserable. Everything we do based on your goals, your strengths, what you want and how to avoid the things you hate doing so that you actually get to have a good time and build and scale your businesses. And we work with service-based businesses. I say, I don't know how to do e-commerce. I don't know how to get people to come to a restaurant or to a hotel. But service-based businesses are our absolute specialty. And every we also make it really easy for you. Everything you need is at conqueryourbusiness.com. So if you just go to conqueryourbusiness.com, you'll see what we have going on. You'll be able to grab my podcast and all of the other things. Find me, all the socials, all in one place.
0: Well, y'all, y'all heard it here. And y'all know me. If... A business owner is taking great care of their staff, and if their staff is thriving, then as their customer, you're gonna thrive too. So if you are a service-based business, I highly recommend you reach out to Erin because she is taking fantastic care of her staff, which means you're going to get fantastic service too. As always, it's been a pleasure. Aaron, thank you so much. Thank you. This has been a fantastic conversation. Can't wait to do it again. And until the next time, see y'all. Bye, everybody.